I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. We're back Monday, Monday the 21st. We're back at the Coach HP show. I want to remind and thank you. Remind you to subscribe. Thank you for those that have subscribed. Positivity. This channel, Positivity Podcast. It's about positivity. It's about relationships. It's about what's helping people win and lessons they learned when they didn't win. That's lessons they learned when they didn't win. Positivity. Please subscribe. It's your coach. I love you. On this episode of the podcast, I have Miami legend, 10 years in the big leagues. Started at Columbus, went to University of Miami, then went to the Cardinals, then kept going on and on and on. 10 years in the big leagues. Gentleman, a classic Miami gentleman. Dude's a monster. One of the best hitters Miami's ever seen. One of the best all-around players, student of the game. Of course, I'm talking about my man, John Jay, on this episode of the Coach HP Show. Let's get right into it. The Miami legend, John Jay. Let's go. One, boom, we're on. Bro, I was two, probably two and a half years ago. I'm at Columbus in the the coach's room. And in comes this dude, good-looking, lean guy, tall. And he starts talking. He starts talking. Blah, 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 and he starts talking about his son. And he goes, let me tell you something, coach. My son, I put in front of him. Boxing gloves, a football, a basketball, a baseball, all these things. And he chose baseball. And then he said, then my son chose Columbus. And I was like, are you sure you want to go to Columbus? And he said, yeah, I want to go. Went to Columbus. Then he went to UM. And he said, you used to write notes of all your dreams and your visions and of everything. And then you told him you wanted to play baseball in the, in the pros. And that guy was Justo J, which was your dad. So I know your dad before I know you, bro. So it's a real pleasure to, to meet you, man. How true was that, dude? Were you that focused so young back then? I think, uh, you know, I just fell in love with baseball at an early age. And I was, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was always I was always present in the moment. So as a kid, I enjoyed being a kid. And, and that's the way I, I approach it every single day. And, um, you know, I never put that pressure on myself. And. You know, I did have goals, but there were, uh, there were you know, stuff that I kept internally or maybe I, I jotted down. But um, I always tried to take it one day at a time and just tried to get better every single day since I was a kid and, and just really, you know, loving the game and putting a smile on my face every day. John, when did you first start writing goals down? 
Uh, I can't even remember, honestly, to tell you the truth. But uh, you know, I remember just uh, you know, my dad would always point out you know good art, positive articles, um, you know, from the USA Today or, or just different things like that. Growing up and uh, you know, from Sports Illustrated, that was big, and just uh, you know, stuff on you know, positive attitude, having a positive mindset, and how that was kind of the common denominator with all these guys playing at the professional level, college level, you know, even being a youngster that at the high school level. So that was something that I tried to uh, really pride myself in and try to really understand from an early age. Bro, I think you have the the dream classic Miami scenario that that you went up and I'm I'm what I call un forro, un Columbus forro because I got grandfathered in because Weber coached me one year in 98. I'm sorry, 96 when I was at Braddock, but I maintained a real strong bond with him. And he told me that you give him a hard time all the time that you had to play freshman ball at Columbus. In today's era, man, where if God forbid somebody is any type of talent, he plays freshman ball, that he has a heart attack, right? The people are signing out of eighth grade in their heads. What was your mindset like? Because I think that's the number one thing, man, that you deserve so much credit for is that what was your mindset when they told you you had to play freshman baseball at Columbus? Yeah, it's kind of funny going before that. Uh, you know, you know, I grew up playing baseball, the boys and girls club, which is very competitive, um, especially that time. And, you know, a lot of my buddies were going to schools everywhere. And that was a cool thing. You know, growing up, I got to play uh, against guys that went to you know, all different high schools and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I was always set on going to Gables. Um, you know, I was in the in the French magnet program at Carver. So that kind of led to there. But um, kind of in eighth grade, my mom's like, hey, you're going to go to private school next year. And I was like, all right. So I started researching private schools. And for some reason, I had gone to um, a football game at Columbus as an eighth grader to, visit, uh, to go see a friend. And I just kind of liked the atmosphere. It was just it was like a big locker room. You know, everyone's into sports. You know, obviously, it's all boys. That was something that was different for me. But um, I just liked the way the camaraderie was. It was just something about it. And, you know, fate has it that uh, I ended up going to Columbus. So when I when I decided to go to Columbus, I had a, a guy on my team in international and he was going to Columbus as well. And he tells me like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta sign up for web ball. You gotta do this. You gotta do that." And I'm bro, just, that fucking web ball, bro. That's the that's the best move of all time. That web ball, dude. <laughs> so I have I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll sign up for web ball, this and that, whatever, all this. So then, you know, um, take the test to get into Columbus, do all that. Um, you know, my grandparents. I was fortunate enough that my grandparents were willing to make a sacrifice for me to to go there. And so I get to you know web ball the first day, and I see you know just. It seems like there's a thousand kids out there and you know from the freshman class alone there's there's you know 75 kids there's four different teams and just a lot of stuff's going on a lot of guys have played against each other from um, you know coming up in uh, you know different middle schools and stuff like that so a lot of guys knew each other i knew a couple guys but guys didn't really know me or whatnot but i just remember just realizing man this is like you know these guys take baseball seriously this is like a, a pretty big deal a pretty big thing and you know um probably making the freshman team is the best thing that ever happened to me as far as, you know, I just knew that um, I knew I had some talent, but I knew I needed to develop and I knew I needed to get better. That was the biggest message for me was, you know, not making the JV team. And I mean, we had we had a very, very talented uh, freshman team. And I remember from my freshman team, you know, we had 12 guys transfer out. And the next year we're starting in schools all over Day County and, you know, getting all day and, you know, went on to play Division One and different things like that. So, you know, I knew I loved Columbus. Uh, I went to Columbus with two of my best friends that one of them played basketball and one of them you know, just went to school. And. Uh, I knew that's where I wanted to be. So I just, uh, you know, that's where I really, I think my work ethic really uh, turned up a notch there. And I started working out before school, 
you know, I work out at 6 a.m. and, you know, working on my running, just trying to get stronger. I mean, I, I was running a like a 7960 as a freshman. Yeah. And yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest, but, um, you know, I, I knew I was, I, I could play some baseball and I seemed to get stronger and all that. And, you know, obviously the tradition Columbus has, and I kind of saw, I saw that, you know, you saw, I saw as a freshman, you know, Matt Barquetta Jr. committed to the University of Miami. I saw guys getting, you know, drafted and, and just all, you know, all these things that uh, I started saying, man, I'm here if I can make the team and I can, if I can, you know, end up playing on varsity, then I have a chance to, you know, hopefully get a college scholarship. And, and that was my whole goal all along. John, when you say get better, was it hitting where, because you being lefty in growing up, were you like first base pitcher, pitcher outfield? What was your skill set until you got to Columbus? Yeah, so uh, I played first base until I was around 10 years old, and I wasn't too happy when they moved me off of first base, you know. But uh, that's when I went to the outfield, and I, I fell in love with the outfield. And, um, you know, like I said, I got to compete at the Boys and Girls Club growing up. So, you know, I, I always knew I was talented, and I was, I was a good player. But, man, we were playing against the best of the best in the county. So, you know, I always kind of looked up to these guys that, that I got to play against. And, you know, I knew I could hang with them, but, you know, I just knew I had to improve. And, and you know, it, it's funny how – You know, baseball, even to this day, you know, I'm 35 and you're still improving, you're still learning, and you're still learning your body and all that. But especially as a 14, 15-year-old kid, you you know, there's so much growth that you can do. And I really saw that. So I just, you know, started hitting the weight, started really, you know, going to the batting cages every day and just putting in that extra work so that I can, uh, you know, develop. And, and and I wanted to, my goal was to, you know, start at, at, at Columbus. Your mindset as a hitter, man, let's talk hitting. Who helped you develop your mindset? Was it your dad? Was it a hitting coach? Was it you trial and error? Because your stance pretty much, you know, we change stances a lot, especially when we're slumping. You pretty much keep, you look the same dude, during the whole trajectory. How did you come up with that mindset? Yeah, for me, uh, I, I was very lucky too. Um, you know, um, I didn't have that pressure coming from the family to play baseball and to, you know, any, anything I ever did was because I wanted to do it. And, you know, I was highly encouraged to do everything from skateboarding, rollerblading to, you know, whatever, as long as I was outside doing something. So, you know, I was always, um, you know, they gave me the leeway just to, you know, if I want something, go get it and, and work your hardest at it. But that's that's what we left it at. And like I said, I fell in love with baseball and I just fell in love with just, you know, the nuances of the game and just trying to get better every day. And, and just there's so many little aspects to the game. So I just tried to improve, improve on all that. And as a hitter, you know, I've kind of always had the same approach since I was a little kid that I can remember, you know, hitting the ball left center field. That's something that I, that I always kind of did and, you know, just stuck – stuck to it uh throughout the years john how do you hit lefty so good bro man uh you know i just go out there and, and try to battle um you know and a lot of a lot of hard work and practice uh you know since um um i, I kind of had the same routine i had when i went to um which is you know we would hit um we'd hit off the tee we'd do a little front toss we'd see an arm in the cage and er this was all an early work and then we'd hit a uh, right-handed breaking balls left-handed breaking balls and then off the machine and i think that's something that's really helped me in my career where You know, I've been hitting left-handed breaking balls every single day, you know, for, for my whole career since college. And I think that's something that's helped me out a lot where I can, you know, recognize the spin and, you know, it just gives me a, it gives me a better chance in, of, of being prepared. So, you know, preparation is the key in this game. And that's something I take a lot of pride in. And, you know, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, a big part of the process. John, when, when you, that call to Miami, man, for us Miami guys to play at UM, that's the, the mecca for us, bro whether they're good, not good, whatever it is. To, and those UM teams that you played for were, were sick, man. How did you feel going to Miami, dude? And then how did you change mindset-wise from Columbus to college? Yeah, first of all, going to Miami for me was – that's all I ever wanted, honestly. Uh, 
you know, those goals and all everything I had was towards going to Miami. It wasn't about pro ball. It wasn't about being a big leaguer. It was about playing baseball at the University of Miami. So um, when I got uh, when I got recruited to Miami, I'm, I'll never forget. It was uh, after my junior year in the summer. I think they could call us July 1st or July 4th, something like that. And the first day they called, they said, hey, we're interested in you, you know, and I committed on the spot. I was like, this is where I want to be and this is where I want to go. And, you know, uh, at the time that I committed, I mean, there was a lot of the depth chart wasn't looking too pretty for me, but I didn't care. And, and guys would tell me, like, hey, you know, they have a lot of juniors, they have a lot of sophomores. This and that. I was like, look, this is where I want to be. I don't care if I have the red shirt, whatever, but this is where I want to be. And it was kind of that same mindset of when I entered Columbus for me was, uh, you know, I made the freshman team of the freshman. But I ended up, you know, paying my dues, doing what I had to do to get better. And then I ended up, you know, everything ended up working out for me. Where John, you know, we were that patience. Let me stop right there for a second. That's important, bro. A lot of us that feel like we're good, but it isn't our time yet. It's hard to be patient, especially in today's era, to be patient and let that develop, man. What would you tell yourself? Okay, to calm yourself down because we have that voice inside us that's like, Dude, you're ready. You're ready. And you see the guy in front of you slumping or you see him with a bad attitude. What did you tell yourself to keep yourself patient and control what you can control? Yeah, you said you said it. Control what I can control. And for me, I knew I had a chance to get better every single day. You know, and and the days that I, you know, as a sophomore when I, I did make varsity and I wasn't a starter in the beginning, but I knew I had a chance to come on for defense or whatnot, you know, I take my batting practice series of shagging and and just working and, and being prepared. And I always said, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, no, this guy's struggling in front of me or I should have a chance. I just said, I'm going to be ready for that chance. And when I get that chance, I'm going to make the most out of it. And, um, you know, that's something that taught me a lot, especially, you know, learning how to be a good team teammate. And that was in the beginning in high school where, you know, we had a goal of winning a state championship. And, you know, you're out there playing with guys that are your best friends and they're in front, you know, they might be in front of you in a position. And, you know, these are these are your guys. And, you you know, you're not wishing them, hey, I want this guy to do bad so I can go. These are, you know, these are my best friends. So, you know, I kind of learned there to, you know, root them on. But as, at the same time, it's like, hey, I'm going to be ready for my, my opportunity to um, to go out there and, and, and do whatever I can. Nice, bro. Favorite moment as a hurricane for you? Man, there's too many. But, um, you know, getting to go to the World Series my freshman year, I remember that was the first time, you know, playing in front of 25,000 people and, and, uh, you know, I grew up watching, you know, UM in Omaha and, and watching everything on ESPN and, and all that. And, you know, obviously nowadays we get to see a lot more college baseball on TV. Yeah. But, you know, back then the only way to get on TV was super regionals. And then, uh, dude, you then, didn't know, you remember the they, had, they had Sunshine, you're, you're a little younger, but Sunshine Network started Sunshine first Network. showing UM games. And to see UM wearing those Nike uniforms, it was like seeing the Yankees. It was crazy, bro. It was crazy for us. Favorite UM uniform. Ooh, man, there's a, there's a lot of them, but I think uh, just a simple orange, like the bright orange with the white little white white uh, white on the outside stitching, and um, you know I'm a, I'm a big Nike guy, so that was another appealing thing for me was you know always looking at all these Nikes and, and then to go to UM and you're getting Nike shorts, Nike shirts. I remember that the you know the the two Nike socks, the orange check, and just the Nike glasses, just everything, everything. We were Nike'd out head to toe, and and that was that was a dream come true. Just I'll never forget getting my gear the first day and all that. But, you know, the UM experience was, was awesome for me. Like you said, I got to, you know, grow up in Miami, born and raised, go to Columbus, and then go to UM, which is, you know, the biggest thing for me, adjusting myself to, to pro ball and, you know, having to deal with, you know, leaving. You have four tickets you could leave for family and friends. And then, you know, after the game, you're in college, you want to kind of hang out with your friends. But, you know, abuela and abuelo are there, and, you you know, you, 
family wants to go eat and you know so i learned how to juggle a lot of things at an early age so um and it was it was great to be able to you know represent miami with the orange and green and honestly to this day that's that's you know i, I smile the most when i can say you know yeah i went to um i, I had a successful career there dude they just got a new uh hitting facility there you yeah saw it? i'm excited for that i'm excited it'll for be that. good really for you bro yeah, yeah yeah favorite um hat oh the old english m yeah right all day sick, all day man. i remember in in school that's when like you know fitted were, were popular with the, the everyone's wearing yankee hats or whatever different hats and i would wear my i, I call it my m you know my m fitted and I would, I would rock that thing all the time did you graduate from there no i didn't i have a year left but i plan on graduating so i studied business management and um you know so i got 90 credits i got a, a 30 credits left to go so uh you know i gotta graduate to, to you know so that way my kids know uh, you know i put in the time and, and got my education for sure dude by the time your kids go to school there might not be very few universities bro this is all has changed man this has changed crazy how was it being a student athlete man a lot of people don't know that that even though yeah you're playing on the weekends and you're playing these tournaments tests are still do even though they give student athletes some leeway how was that student experience for you bro yeah it's 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 tough it's an adjustment you know and um you know, you're trying to make a name for yourself on the field, um, but as well, you got to do well in the classroom. And you know, my mom was a teacher, so uh, education was always very big in our, in our house. And you know, I'm glad I stuck. I did business management, even though it was it was it was hard at the time. But you know, I got to take some really good classes. And the biggest misconception was about UM is I remember you know as I signed and everyone thinking like, oh UM, yeah, school must be so easy there. And I'm like, dude, our school is the hardest. And we had class checkers the whole nine, so you couldn't miss class. You couldn't, wow. you know, they were, they were honest, and it was, and it was, you know, it was great for us. And you know, but um, it it was definitely tough, you know, going to work out at, at six a.m. and then going to I'll never forget going to class from eight to eleven. Then early work starts at one thirty. You're there till six. Then you have to do two hours of study hall, and you have tests, and you have different things going on. So, uh, like I said, I took a, you know, I took a little bit harder course than uh, than maybe I should have at that time, but I'm glad I did. Love that, bro. I remember when uh, when you got drafted by the Cardinals, it was a big deal, especially to to play for that organization and to play for La Russa, man. And I remember your dad telling me a story of when you got sent down and you didn't like it, and I don't think he didn't like it either, but I think if I remember correctly, La Russa told him, like, listen, man, I need this guy to get his at-bats and he's not hitting here when they dropped you from the big leagues down to Loray, or not Loray, to the lower division. How did you deal with that, man? And looking back on it, was that helpful or no? Yeah, I mean, everything, you know, all these little things are what build us and uh, will build our character and, you know, what, what lets us stand here today. So, you know, for me at the time, um, you know, I fought so hard to, to, you know, I didn't make the team out of opening day. Then I did get called up after doing well in AAA. And um, I was doing well in the big leagues and, you know, learning a lot, doing a lot of things. I'll never forget, we signed Randy Wynn, you know, a great veteran outfielder, switch hitter, somebody that I had really admired for a long time. And I, I'll never forget, I, I showed to the clubhouse early to get my workouts in and do my stuff. And I looked over and I see Randy Winston there in the clubhouse. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I'm going to get to learn from Randy Wynn. This guy's going to be great for me, you know, a veteran player. And I'll never forget, LaRusso walks in and kind of looks at me and, and I was like, oh, man, no one's talked to him yet. You know, he gave me that 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 point that when you get that, it's not a good sign. And, you know, he just explained to me and he was he was honest and real with me like, hey, man, you're doing a great job here. But um, you know, you need to play. You need to get at bats every single day, and you know, we we were able to get this veteran player here. And you know, I knew it was part of the business and just the way things go. But um, you know, obviously, as a competitor, you're you're not happy about it. But the same thing, I'll never forget. I caught a flight that same Saturday. I drove my car from from St. Louis to Memphis that same day. What type of car? What type of car, John? What type of car? No, I, had, I had my Chevy Trailblazer. My Chevy Trailblazer. What color? 
black, all black, with the two twelves in the back. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So no, that was my baby. That was my baby. I had that car for about four. Nah, my fourth year in the big leagues when, when I finally got myself uh, my first car. But I had that that, that one. Uh, he was with me for a while. Nice. But um, yeah. So um, where was that? That. So you were driving the Chevy Trailblazer for what? Four so I drive, hours. So I, yeah. So I drive back to Memphis, and then uh, the next Sunday morning, I take off at six a.m. flight, land in Dallas connect to Albuquerque. I'll never forget. We had a 12 o'clock game in Albuquerque. And usually they give you, you know, nowadays you can take like kind of like a three day, you know, they give you a three day window to report to the next city or that. So I report the next day and I'm thinking, all right, you know, you know, I just, you know, I just flew out, just did a bunch of stuff, come from the big leagues, you know, I'll probably have the day off and I'll never forget texting my buddy. I literally landed at 1030. The game's at 12. And I was like, Hey man, I'm not in the lineup, right? And he's like, no, you're leading off from right field. And I was like, Oh, here we go. So, you know, but it was just that, that, that whole thing of, you know, I just got sent down. I needed continue to get better and, you know, just put my head down again. And, you know, I was down probably for another three weeks or so, just kept doing my thing. And then, um, you know, thank, uh, thank goodness after that, I, I was able to get the call up again. John, bro, I think you deserve, especially here in Miami, man, there should be a statue of you on every baseball field. It should be required on every baseball field here in Miami, man. And I'm going to tell you why. Because being a Miami guy, being Cuban, People don't know this about us, but being Cuban, we have this like extra gene of testosterone and machismo that just is always creeping on us, you know, and it helps us when we need it, but it gets us in trouble a lot, man. And you've been able to get away from that, bro. You've had no problems. You've had, you've lived a, a life that is obviously blessed, but you haven't like, you, you're not doing stupid things or anything crazy, man. Where does that come from? Is that a personality trait that you have? Is that that you've just always been like, listen, I'm just going to focus here? How do you get that, bro? No, I definitely had to adjust and learn and, and coming up. And, uh, you know, for me, a big thing was my grandparents, you know, just understanding their story of, of leaving Cuba and, you know, coming to the States for a better life for the future of their family, which was myself, my sister, you know, my mom, uh, you know, my, my, my dad. So, you know, I, I really, you know, appreciate their story and appreciate what they did for me. And I understood that from an early age, you know, seeing my grandfather wake up at five in the morning every day to go to work. And, you know, in elementary school, I, I'll never forget, I, when I didn't, when we didn't have school, you know, I would have to go to work with my grandfather. So I'd, I'd rather go to school than go to work with my grandfather at five in the morning and, and, and watch him, you know, take care of our family. So for me, I always kind of understood that and just, uh, you know, it's like now, you know, I think about it all the time. I'm, I'm 35 and I think about my grandfather when he came over at this time and if I had to just pick up and leave with my family and do that. So understanding that was a big one. And then, you know, um, you know, growing up in Miami, obviously you, you see a lot of different things, but Columbus was big for me with that. You know, when I went to Columbus, it, it really opened my eyes with, you know, hey, I have a chance to, um, you know, be at a private school. I have a chance to get a good education here. Uh, you know, started learning about, you know, the Columbus, you know, kind of that Columbus network and seeing alumni come back and give back and, you know, seeing a lot of prominent names in the community that, hey, no, this guy went to Columbus. Hey, this guy went to Columbus as well. So just taking, you know, understanding I had that opportunity to go to the school and, and not taking that for granted. So, you know, Columbus was big with me with that and, you know, um, the teachers and then the, just everyone there just helping me kind of hone hone that, that extra, you know, that extra thing and, and just um, kind of, you know, once I signed and was in college and stuff, and I kind of just knew what my goals were. And, and I saw, you know, unfortunately, I saw a lot of people not go the right way. And, and guys that I say to this time, I know a lot of guys that could have made a lot of money playing baseball and played 10 years and done this and that. But unfortunately, you know, the guidance wasn't there or, or choices were made that, that, you know, stirred them a different way. So I always tried to, you know, 
do the best I could and, and surround myself with people that could get me to, to where I want to get to. Bro, as you mentioned Columbus, I have a principal pew coming on next week. There isn't a person that I talk to at Columbus that when your name gets mentioned, they don't smile, bro, and everybody gets happy, man. Why is that, bro? No, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, that's that's a tough one to answer myself. But honestly, like I said, I, I, I'm very grateful for everyone at Columbus. Um, you know, I try to go back there as much as I can. I, I work out there a bunch in, in, in the off season. I'm there early in the mornings. How about that field, bro? That new field is sick. Huh? Unbelievable. That was that was the year after I left. The year after no 2003, 2003, we won the first state championship in Columbus history. And in 2004, I go to UM and I come back and, and they have the Blue Monster. They got the turf. I remember I mean, I remember in the fall, we'd spend, you know, countless hours on there picking the field and making it look as, as good as we could. But, uh, you know, those are those are the, the good memories I have of going out there, grinding with the boys. And um, But, yeah, the field's unbelievable. The, I mean, the whole school, you know, what, uh, what the Mass family was able to do really, you know, elevated the school with the Mass program as well. I mean, it, it's great. So uh, the school, I have a lot of pride in the school and, and, and what they do for, you know, the students, the community, and, and, and the, you know, they turn boys into men. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I've had the privilege of speaking to the whole freshman class, the whole sophomore class last year. I've spoken to the baseball team. I've spoken to a lot of things there. And they named me an honorary guy just because I I, I would have, I told people, I went to Braddock, unfortunately. I uh, got stuck in public school. And I told people at Columbus when I speak to them that I would have died to wear that Columbus C, bro. Because that thing to, to me was like, it's just you couldn't even dreamed about wearing something like that, man. So I'm so blessed to be a third party associate of that school. That's how much respect I have for you and, and, and all you guys that, that went there. When you're playing professional baseball now, for you, John, what was your biggest adjustment versus now being in Miami? Obviously, you're not home anymore. So new things, we had to learn how to, and for us Cubans, this is a big deal, how to wash clothes and and uh, and do that kind of thing and, and order food for ourselves because we don't do that here with the Cuban moms and, and stuff, like, especially with Cuban moms and Cuban grandparents. How hard was that transition for you? Yeah, I think that started for me early on. Um, I'll never forget, after my freshman year, I went to go play at, in the Virginia Valley League in, in Stanton, Virginia, and it was kind of the first time, you know, I'm 18 years old and just, uh, you know, on my own and... You know, I had to really figure it out. You know, I remember I was at, in the beginning, I was eating Frosted Flakes probably three times a day and, uh, you know, just trying to survive and, and get by. And, you know, the first time, you know, everyone has their first summer, you know, all my friends are having their first summer in college where everyone's just hanging out. And I'm in, you know, Virginia playing baseball every single day. And, you know, so that, that was, I think, uh, the first time that I really had to grow up and really had to say, all right, this is this is what pro ball might be like and, and all that. And then, you know, um, like I said, going to going to UM and having to juggle so many things was, was a big helper for me and then you know just uh the mentality it's, it's funny like obviously I, I always miss Miami I always miss home but you know there's something about that time from February to November where I just know that I'm not supposed to be home I'm supposed to be out there playing baseball and and um you know doing uh fortunately what, what I've been able to do for for a while now but you know uh you just get kind of used to it and you know it's it's one of those things and you know that's the uh the thing with sports which you know I get to live my dream but you know there's a lot of things I've missed at home but it's that that balance and uh you know what? There's nothing. I, you know, I wouldn't change anything uh, for this experience I've been able to get. One thing that I compare you a lot, man, vibe wise. I've never met you before, but vibe wise and what I see, you remind me a lot, a Latin version, but of oh, what's this guy's name that he's with? Oh, Curtis Granderson. 
You remind I me a you. lot of him, bro. Like you got the same vibe, you know. And when I interviewed him, he had his dad with him, and I and the, that it was his last. It was at the Rawlings Gold Glove Awards. Which we got to talk about Rawlings, by the way. And he looked like he could run for president. Obviously, you got the Jay Z look now, so it's we, yeah, which I, like I love, that. I like which, that. I which like we're that. gonna get into that because listen, I knew you used to rock. Uh, I think from what I seen before, you used to have like a tight fade and then short. But I support anybody that can grow an awesome full set of hair like that, dude. So <laughs> I want to hear what the plans with the hair are. But before we get all that, being that kind of person and the uh, and the platform you have, dude, with such and it sucks because you could be in whole like we say, but you have such seriousness and such positivity around you. When I spoke to Oregon State, the national champs, I go to those guys, I go, listen, if winning a championship at Oregon State is the highlight of your life, you're going to be a loser. And that's hard to talk to people because you're like, man, I won a national champion on stuff. And you said something that was really interesting. We know a ton of people, especially here in Miami, that peaked in college, but then now are like miserable dudes, man. Why do you think that is? Is that because expectations? Is that because, John, you're grounded? And yes, you're a big leaguer and all this stuff, but you maintain your level of groundedness. What do you think that is? I think for me, it's, I know how fortunate I am to have had people in my life that have helped me. You know, I've, yeah, I can stand here and say now, you know, I got to go to UM, got to go to Columbus. We won a whole series, did all this stuff, but you know, I didn't do that by myself. I had people along the way that pushed me, that inspired me, you know, both positively and negatively, you know, um, and that's, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, and I understand that, you know, everything can be taken in a second and, you know, where I'm a by, I'm, I'm lucky to be a byproduct of my environment. Like I said, going to Columbus was a great fit for me. It was amazing. Going to UM was the same thing. Getting drafted by the Cardinals. I mean, of all the organizations, I'll never forget uh, having my meeting. It was like, you know, Tony LaRusa is my type of manager, a guy that's going to appreciate, you know, the little things, hitting the cutoff, man, you know, running the bases hard, just playing the game of baseball. So I've been very lucky to be put in these situations. And like I said, I know I'm, like I said, I've had a lot of friends and I've seen a lot of guys that, should be in my position or could have been in my position and they just couldn't handle it so you know growing up in miami there's a lot of pressure with baseball and there's a lot of you know we come from that hard working mentality and you know you're trying to help your family and you're trying to you know get out of situations and you know everyone comes from different situations and you know i always said that um you know no matter what i just kind of you know keep it going forward and, and kind of adapted that 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 early patience uh, early on but you know, and then understanding that we're, we're all human, you know, it's great that I can play baseball, I can do different things, but I've always said, you know, you got to be a good person, you know, you, I want to treat people the way that, that I, that, uh, that I would like to be treated. And, and, you know, that's, you know, we're all the same, you know, we're all the same at the end of the day. Let's talk about the hair. Okay. So when did you first decide, okay, I'm going to grow this out. And had you ever grown it out before? Yeah, I've always been I've always been the guy that would have a mini fro for a while and then just show up with a shaved head. So like since high school, I'd grow up. I think my senior year pictures, I have a, like a little mini fro going on. And um, I remember uh, back in like when was it like 2001? And when I was in high school, 2001, 2002 was when you know cornrows were like a big thing everywhere. So you know I had my, my hair was long enough to do cornrows then and stuff. And then you know throughout the years, just kept it, doing different styles. I like to just change it up all the time. But in 2011, when we won the World Series, I had a had a little fro going on too so it's almost like bounced around i've had a high top fade i've had different things and then uh in 2014 was the first time i kind of uh i grew out my hair and i started giving the little sponge look and, and i loved it but then i ended up cutting it and then when was it 2018 i just 
grew out my hair again and then I said I'm, I'm not cutting this thing for a while so uh, I just uh, got to twist it up a little bit and then I just been letting it ride so we'll see we'll see uh, how long it lasts how long do how long you let it grow how long I don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see it's been about two years now but uh we'll, does we'll see it how, does how it hang out. outside the helmet the back part or not yet just a little bit, a little bit. It doesn't have that get... much flow. Not that much. No, flow. we gotta get it, bro. We gotta get a little. This more. is all. This is all my natural real hair. So. so yeah. Good. Are there dudes that are putting extensions, bro? I don't know. I don't know. All right, no, because maybe there's dudes that are saying they have that, and then they're hitting it with a little bit longer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, what was your twist to? It's so funny. So tomorrow I have on the show Diamond Dallas Page. The wrestler and he has become real popular with this thing called dd dd d y diamond dallas ddpy which is a yoga thing and yeah. i know you're big into yoga growing up if we would have done yoga i i think it would have been a disaster but the importance of yoga and of that kind of alternative training for the body is huge man when did you start implementing that lifestyle, that thing? Because I assume, listen, if you're doing yoga, you can't be eating McDonald's because that goes against the whole yoga thing. So what got you to start thinking that way, to take you that way? Yeah, two things. Uh, just food-wise, same thing. As soon as I signed, you know, I was 21, 22, when you start playing longer into the night, different things. And, you know, in the minor leagues, there's not a lot of good options. And I'll never forget the first year I came back from the minor leagues, I gained you know, more weight than I wanted to. And I was just like, man, I, I got to start switching things up. So I'll never forget having to tell my grandmother that I couldn't, you know, eat ajo and frijole every day with fried steak and this different thing. So, you know, they were great. They made, we made adjustments. We started using brown rice, doing turkey picadillo, you know, instead of frying the platanitos, we, we do it in the oven. So, you know, we made some adjustments with that. So that, that was early on, just understanding health-wise and, and kind of with my body type, that was always a, a big thing. You know, as, as players, we're getting judged constantly all day, every day about, you know, what can go wrong or what, you know, just different things. So I always knew with me, I, I always, I always had bigger legs. I had a, you know, I was a little bit stockier. So, you know, the thing with me was like, all right, how long is he going to stay with this? You know, what's going to happen later on? So, you know, I had to make that conscious effort early on to really, you know, take care of my body and understand that. And then yoga, the same thing. I was lucky. Um, I used to go work out. I'd work out at UN from, you know, about November, you know, after the season, I'd work out from October, to, to January 1st in the UN uh, from 2008 to 12. And then I would go to a place called Saddlebrook in Tampa and I would bunker up there for six weeks. Uh, it was part of my agency with CAA. And it was, it was one of the coolest experiences I've, I've, gotten, I've had to, uh, gotten to do. And we'd go over there and it'd be about 30 guys from all over the league. And, um, you know, I was cool. I used to, I get to see Derek Jeter working on the mornings, you know, back in the days there, you know, Ryan Howard, who's coming off MVPs and, you know, Ryan Zimmerman, there was just so many guys that, that were there just to kind of set an example. And I got to watch and see, and that's the first time I, I did yoga was there. So we would do yoga on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We wouldn't lift those days and it would be, you know, an hour yoga class. And of course, in the beginning, we were all like, what are we doing here? We'd, we'd laugh half the time and different things. And then, you know, the more I went on, the more I started doing it. And then I think around 2000, 14 is when I really started getting into it a lot more and, you know, kind of backed off of lifting as heavy and just doing more yoga, more stretching. And I think it's something that that's helped me, you know, have some longevity and, you know, it's good for the mind, it's good for the body and just, just breathing. And it's something in the off season that I do, you know, four days a week, you know, on a minimum. And I try to get as many classes as I can for sure. Dude, when, uh, yesterday I was talking to Lindsay at Rawlings 
and she actually sent me the video that you th she threw a first pitch to you. I got that video of you uh, of you catching it for her in uh, in St. Louis. Everybody there loves you, bro. When when I heard John, oh John Jay was here, John here, and uh, how has Rawlings been for you, man? Have you always used Rawlings glove? Yeah, it's been incredible. I I, always, I uh, you know I've been a Nike guy my whole career, you know. Uh, and I wore Nike gloves my first couple of years. And then um, after they're kind of like, hey, you can, you know, wear whatever glove you want to wear. I'll never forget in 2011, uh, you know, right away got, got my Rawlings, uh, went to Rawlings. But let's, let's back, um, you know, let's rewind to, I'll never forget playing at the Boys and Girls Club. You know, I, all I ever wanted was a Ken Griffey Jr. trapeze model. And uh, I think the first time I ever got a, a, a nice glove, and that was the glove I used, was in sixth grade, and it lasted me, you know, for three years. And then in high school, wore trapeze glove as well, the, the Rollins trapeze, and, and it was pretty cool. Um, we, we went by the, trap, the the trapeze crew in the outfield my senior year, so, um, you know, left field was Alan Sanchez, and he had the he had the kind of the, um, the tan, the blonde trapeze, and I had the Griffey with the black and the and the um, the brown laces, and then our board to, uh, in right field, P. Rodriguez wore the, the all-black trapeze, so that was kind of our thing, TC, and then, you know, nice. that's when I always wore Rollins, then college used Nike, and then I said, uh, 2011, I got to wear Rollins again, and it's pretty cool for me because that was the year we won the World Series. So, you know, I have my my, my Griffey trapeze. I switched to my model after I, I use uh, H-Web now, but um, I had the yeah, I've always used Rollins gloves and hard of the hide or pro preferred. I use hard of the hide, but I have some. I have different ones. I have a first baseman's glove that's a pro preferred. Um, All right, so they're great. you mentioned your first base glove, so I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball. That's why you don't know who I am. I failed miserably for a lot of reasons. But well, I'm the first influencer to sign with Rawlings. So I have a couple of these. So they, here's one, here's one of ones, as you can see. See, see the logo? Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. See that? And then uh, Pro Preferred, and then the, with the Coach HP model there. Doesn't have nice. the, this is last year, doesn't have the MLB thing. But, dude, I, such a good company. And for us in Miami, you know, the company being St. Louis and be so instrumental, man, it's crazy. And the people there are so so nice and and stuff like that tony larusso what did you learn the most from him just from discipline and preparation i mean uh, he he was always prepared he you know i saw him you know it's a funny story i remember being at a restaurant i think it was my second year and uh, it was a bunch of the younger guys we were eating there in the same restaurant some of the coaches and he came up to us after the game or after dinner and he came over and was kind of telling you know guys who was playing who wasn't he was kind of messing with us but i mean he had a napkin with he had five different napkins with five different lineups of, you know, why it was good to hit this guy here and why this pitcher worked for this guy. And like a lot of the things that, you know, analytics are doing now is, as far as, you know, measuring, you know, our tools and different things. He, you know, he, he had a good grip on that with, um, and just such a sense of the game and, you know, just always being two steps ahead. And, you know, there was times I'd be in the dugout and Skip Schumacher was unbelievable uh, for me with this, where he would explain to us what was going on in the game. Like, Hey, you know, he's going to bring in this guy from the bullpen to face this guy. And then he's going to pinch it this guy. And then this guy, you're going to go in for defense because we need our best defense and just learning all these little things and all these little in-game tactics. So, uh, you know, really learned about all that. And, and the same thing is, you know, um, just always just keeping it going, you know, uh, not getting caught up, you know, Hey, you want a series? Cool. Want a series? Flip it in the next day. Let's, let's go. We got to win another series and just not getting caught up in the moment. And so, uh, you know, I learned a lot of different things with him and uh, you know, it, it, it's cool to, you know, I can I run into him every once in a while. And that's always cool. Now we're you know I'm not that young rookie kid anymore. <laughs> so it's you know we have a different relationship now. But you know I learned so much and just from watching him. You know I used to watch how intense he was. And the last thing I'll say is he knew everything that was going on in the dugout. Always I, I learned the importance 
of paying attention. You know, he would quiz us. We'd be in the corner of the dugout and come up to us and say, hey, what do you throw so-and-so second pitch of the at-bat? And, you know, you, you better know what, what was going on. So just um, just those little things on how to pay attention to the game. And, you know, when you're at the field, give it all at the field. And after the field, you know, whatever's going to happen. So it was cool. Talking about the field, a couple more questions. Talking about the field, when you – when you're standing to receive the the pitch in the outfield, John, you like to s square up with the feet normal. Do you like to cheat a little bit with the glove side? How do you set up for the for all? Yeah, in center field, I'm definitely be squared off. Um, now we, we play a lot more in the gaps now in the corners, which is you know uh, balls balls get hit harder in the gap and they're going to carry more. So you know when I stand in the gap, I like to turn myself just 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 a hair and kind of make the field like center field. So but there are different things that I tinker with, and it depends on the wind and you know, the way the dimensions of the field are. But um, those are all different things that, um, you know, I work on in batting practice. I, I work on all these different things in batting practice. That way, in the game, it can, it's just second nature. With the swing, us lefties have a natural uppercut swing. And if we go launch angle, it's it's a little tough to control. How have you viewed your swing and during all these new analytics and stuff? Have you changed your approach? Have you always kept the same, John? No, I, I've kept the same. Uh, I'm a firm believer that um, – you know, if if you stay on your backside and, uh, you know, you hold your weight, you're going to be able to get to your to your launch angle. You know, you're going to be able to make contact out in front and uh, and and, you know, drive the baseball. But, you know, if we don't hold our, hold our backside and we're falling forward, then that's when, you know, the ball's going to go straight to the ground. So it's kind of, um, you know, now there's just a lot of more data to, to support, you know, different things. Like I said, like holding your hip or different things like that. But, um, you know, uh, I just try to, you know, get better you know, with, with, with different things and different drills. And I think there's so much, um, there's so many good drills out there now and there's a lot of different things, but the biggest thing I think is just understanding who you are as a player. And, and I've always understood, you know, who I am as a player, you know, I'm going to, I'm a guy that wants to play a, you know, solid defense, that a guy that's going to get on base, a guy that's going to get, um, you know, big key hits and uh, can, you know, situational hitters. So I've always known that was my game and I kind of stuck to it because, you know, over the years guys have always said, Hey, you can do this, you can do that. But I'm like, Hey, I know what, it, what keeps me in the big leagues and what keeps me having, you know, success and what I bring to the table. And I'm not trying to, you know, divert too much from that. With the Cubs, man, how was it playing for the Cubs? It was fun. It was a good experience. You know, obviously uh, the Cubs and Cardinals, is a, it's a huge rivalry. And uh, and um, so it was kind of weird, you know, after all those years of, of um, you know, with the fans of being on the Cardinals side and, and going to Wrigley. And, you know, when we went there, they – it, they weren't as, as good as they were, you know, when I got there in 2015, my first couple of years. So then to switch over and, and being there on that team, especially after they won the World Series and just seeing how much they meant to the city of Chicago after, you know, everything. And, you know, uh, that team, uh, I have a lot of close relationships with a lot of guys in that team. And, you know, um, it was I'm, I'm glad I got to play with a lot of those players and, and get to experience that playing a rookie field every day. How was it playing for Madden? It was great. I mean, I love Joe. He, he was awesome. Um he was great. You know, he really lets you be yourself. And, you know, I had a great relationship with him, um, you know, talked to him and it was, um, it was, it was really cool. And, you know, for myself to get, be able to play for Tony and then for Joe, you know, guys that are, are hall of fame managers and um, have done a lot to this game and, and really uh, have influenced this game in, in many different ways. John, favorite type of music? Uh, hip hop. Who, who do you like in hip hop? Uh, I mean, Pitt, I'm a big Pitbull guy, you know, uh, I yeah. still got in Mariel and Miami, all those, all those old school albums. Those are, those are my, my go-to jams, um, for sure. And then, um, Jay-Z. You have a Pitbull walk-up song though now, though? I, I come out to Born and Raised. I come out to Born and Raised in the Pitbull Park. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So nice, For nice. sure, Pitbull. And then, um, you know, Jay-Z, I grew up on Jay-Z, big Jay-Z guy. Obviously, Drake has taken over the last 10 years. So, yeah. uh, big Jay-Z, Drake, Rick Ross. So, I, I keep it, uh. 
I don't venture out, especially nowadays. I, I just keep it probably with those four future, but uh, keep it a little more old school. Two questions left, bro. You have, I think you have kids now, no? Do you have kids? Yeah, twin daughters. Twin daughters. Yeah. It's a blessing when you have daughters. It's different. I say I got a daughter. My daughter's two. How old's your daughter? They're three and a half. They're almost four. Almost four. I think it's awesome until they get to high school. Then it's going to suck for us. But at least now it's awesome. My wife's pregnant now with a boy. You. Yes. Thank you, bro. Are you going to try to go for the boy or are you done? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, whatever's in God's plans is in God's plans. And uh, But if you had your choice, if you had your choice, are you going for a boy or are you done? It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's, there's no plans really. So. All right. All right. Dude, I wish you could play baseball forever, man. No one's done that yet, right? As you think of the future, do you want to stay involved in the game? Are you like, listen, bro, I'm going to go teach yoga somewhere. I'm going to go move to an island. I'm just going to hang out. What does is, what is your heart tell you? I mean, I want to do all those things you said, so I'm trying to figure it all out. But now um, my heart says I'll, I'll be involved in the game somehow, hopefully. You know, um, you know, Coach? Just, Are they going to go coaching or we're going to go commentary? I, what are you thinking? I never say. I, I, have, I have no idea, honestly. You know, when, um, you know, whatever comes my way is going to come my way. But um, I do enjoy working with young guys. I do enjoy, you know, um, being able to work with guys in the minor leagues and all that stuff. And and even the big leagues, too. So, um, you know, we'll see what what, what happens with, with all that. But I, I do want to teach some yoga. Though. I want to get certified. I want to get my 100 hours and uh, be able to to teach some yoga, too, as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to... Uh, as well, just being a dad, you know, uh, influencing my kids and, you know, the same way my my family's influenced me and, you know, helping them, you know, navigate to this crazy, to this crazy life. John, man, I, uh, I can't thank you so much for, for giving me the time, bro. I think, and this I tell you with all the honesty in the world, my man, I think you're one of the classics here, bro. I think you're so underrated with what you've been able to do coming from where you came from, as humble as you stayed as focused, as driven, as people-orientated. You're a great friend, favors that you do for people, being the guy. It's all these things that, that look on a certain way, but it's, it's, it's time and it's effort, man, and you seem like a very caring guy, bro, and I, and I really admire that about you. Any question for me, man? Anything I can help you with before you go? No, thank you. Um, no, man, just keep inspiring everyone, and uh... – you know, to all those uh, baseball parents out there, just, you know, let your kids have fun. Let them let them make the decisions, you know, let them teach them the, those lessons that, uh, you know, hard work pays off and, and you got to put time into things. You know, you're not going to get instant results. It's a game of, of patience. It's a game of failure. It's going to give you so many lessons uh, for life and, uh, you know, just try to get better every single day. And and remember, it's just a game. And, and uh, you know, and for all the kids out there, just work as hard as you can every single day. Um, that way, when... You know, everyone knows it's not easy to, uh, you know, to get to the big leagues and to do different things. But, you know, just I, I encourage you to work as hard as you can every day and, and just know that you give it your best effort. And, you know, when that day comes, when when it's time, it, it's time and you can look at yourself and say, you know what? I gave it my all and it just, uh, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You're the best. Boom. There it is. Can't thank John enough for coming on the show. Can't thank you guys for sticking with me all the way through. I love you guys. Have the best night ever. I'll see you guys soon. It's your coach. Love you guys. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.